It's time! Fight fans and degenerate gamblers, welcome to the Thick Boys Fight Club, where there are only two rules. Rule number one, always talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. Rule number two, talk about Thick Boys Fight Club, even if no one wants to talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. All right, we are back again for another exciting episode. I'm Nick Westervelt. And I'm Ty Stewart. And uh, right, right on, guys. Uh, we're going to be breaking down today for you guys Blades. Sorry, what was this fight card called over time? We are <laughs> Blades versus Volkov. Coming to you guys live from Apex on Saturday night. We're going to be breaking down the fight card, giving you our picks, all that kind of good stuff. Our opinion, if you care, if you don't. Well, if you're listening, I hope you fucking care. This is actually surprisingly a very good fight card. I'm actually really looking forward to watching this on Saturday night, man. For sure, for sure. Well, let's break that down here in a little bit. First, let's get jump on the news a little bit, guys, for you. Got us some good little, nice little updates for us. This one. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. This one I know my boy's going to love. Henry Cejudo, baby. Back in the news. Ooh, I did hear about this. I know really? exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> Willing to bet his championship gold and first girlfriend that he can finish Alex Volkanovsky in two rounds. Okay. I did not hear that, but <laughs> that was a brave <laughs> fucking man. <laughs> My God. I mean, I don't, I, you're crazy, dude. I mean, bro, bro make it happen. Make it happen. It's just UFC. Take my money. Take all my money and fucking make this fight happen. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Triple C, I'm sorry. I think he'll get his ass kicked personally. That guy's yeah, too big. Too big. Yeah, man. The, the size the size advantage I'm not would saying be his something skill, to overcome. The size is gonna be way too much to overcome. Right, but let's just be just real quick, I do want to say this. If anyone can do it, it's gonna be Henry Suhudo that can overcome their size. His wrestling is just gonna be such is gonna give him such an advantage over so many fighters that it'll help even out the playing field for him. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. All right. Next up, I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard this, Joe Silva, who is a former UFC matchmaker, yeah, has I been getting a lot of heat this week. Uh, have you seen any of this? Wait, is he former? He doesn't work for the UFC former, anymore? Former, doesn't work for the UFC anymore. Okay. Basically, right now, both. all these fighters are coming out saying, like, this guy was just ruthless. And a lot of guys have just terrible things to say about the poor man saying that, you know, he sent them in there saying to break people's arms and people's careers and so forth when they enter their octagon. Um, you know, it's some crazy shit. Uh, good news for him right now. The latest member to come at least defend him was Sony. Shale Sony came out and said that he thought he was a great dude and never heard anything like that. Shale, always a company man. I like that dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to defend Joe Silva, I don't – obviously, I wasn't there. I don't know how he phrased it exactly, but just hearing what you said, it just sounds like maybe he was just, you know, trying to motivate him. You know, like, look, you're about to get into a cage fight, man. That kind of should be your mentality is, I'm going to fuck this dude up. Yeah. I'm going to make know. him – I'm going to beat the shit out of him so bad he never wants to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you never know. Yeah. All right. RDA back in the news as well, too, was the whole Connor rematch bullshit. He's uh, trying to really – Go for it and say that the timing is great. When is the timing not great to fight Conor McGregor? I'm sorry. I, I just. <laughs> yeah. The timing's so always great. Man. Let's give us a cross. Let's, let's come on now, man. You, you, you need some money. <laughs> you want to get paid. 
the timing is great for you, yes, because you're, you know, on the downside. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's <laughs> on the back end of his career. He's on the back end sure. of his career. So, you know, for that reason, come on, no. But, yeah, once again, Conor McGregor making headlines. It, it, honestly, though, I wouldn't mind that fight. I think that'd actually probably be a good one to, you know, because then Conor is still fighting someone in the, in the top 10 of the division. And it, it's, I'm just going to say it, it's a softer matchup for Conor. For gives sure. him more likelihood of winning. Yeah, for sure. I And I was thinking the same. Like, yeah, you're right. It is a good timing for Connor because Connor needs someone that he can beat the shit out of real quick and look impressive again, you know? So, yeah. could be. All right. Next up I got here. I'm liking this because this pertains to next week's card. Darren Till has been just completely trolling Mike Perry. <laughs> I mean. And how's he, he doing that? He made a website dedicated to him talking about raw dog and his girlfriend i mean it's getting deep Ooh. yes it's getting dark okay it's, it's getting, getting dark it's getting a little serious you know mickey gall then went on today basically was like they, they asked uh, in an interview they asked him what he thought of mike perry having his girlfriend in his corner for the fight his response was i don't think mike's the brightest guy <laughs> i mean so mike perry's not making the best of friends lately I kind of agree with it. I mean, it was kind of an odd thing with your wife one week on Instagram, with your girlfriend the next week on Instagram. Uh, that's kind of a strange little coinkening to me. Yeah. Um, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm confused. I, I don't know much about his personal life. He has uh, a girlfriend and a wife? No. So he had this wife that was basically called herself Platinum Princess forever. Okay. And literally they were all, it was like, things were good. Things were good. And then boom unfriends her takes the pictures off of her and then about a few days later pops in this new little girlfriend that he's got who's he's been posting non-stop about on his instagram okay so this isn't so the new girlfriend he has isn't the one that's been in his corner the whole time no this so is a, a yes, new one. that's what i'm saying too she was out with him the last fight well you know all that kind okay of stuff. well depending on how this i haven't seen too much about this new girlfriend if he she does not become this huge thing of his life. I think this is really good for Platinum Perry because she was in charge of his corner. She was oh. in charge of his training camps and stuff. And to me, that's ridiculous. It's like, bro, you're a professional fighter. You need to hire a real fight team and a real manager. Like, she okay. should not so have, you have you understood what I just told you, what's happening? Mike Perry yeah. has fired everyone in his fight team. He doesn't train for anyone anymore. And his new girlfriend, who knows nothing about the UFC or MMA, is training him and is going to be his corner person in the next upcoming fight. See, yes. I heard that, but I thought that was his other girlfriend he did that for. No. Okay. No. No, then this is, this is probably the single worst thing to happen to Mike Perry. Exactly. Maybe, I was um, saying. We, we might be seeing the end of his career soon, it sounds like. I think so as well. Not only that, I mean, you need, I need to go show you this. I'll show you this tomorrow or something. I mean, people are online teasing this poor girl. She does. She looks like she just got out of high school, for Christ's sake. And he talks about picking her up from school. I'm hoping he's retaining this picking her up from college. Oh, I can only you're... hope. Oh. But my God, if he's not, if he is picking her up from high school and she's just some 18-year-old teeny popper. Yeah. Oh man! Fingers crossed. Eighteen years old. Eighteen yeah. years old. <laughs> oh man. Hey man. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope this works out for you, Mike. But uh, it's not sounding very good for you. All right, guys. Uh, what was great? I like too. We finally got some new fights announced. The last couple of days, they've announced a couple of fights. Great fights that are gonna be coming up. We're gonna have Uriah Hall versus Yo Romero 
coming up in August, middleweight matchup. Can't wait for that one. Oh, you don't like that one, huh? What, Terrible. for Yoel or for Uriah? Well, the only reason I kind of don't like Two it is old we saw what – <laughs> Yeah, they're both on the older side, right? But we saw Yoel versus a counter-striker, and that's exactly what Uriah Hall is. I think we're going to have another repeat of last time. This is not going to be a very entertaining fight. Where Yoel just walks around? Yeah, he's just going to stay there. and I, I don't know. That's why I just perceive. I could totally be wrong. All right. And then also they announced Derek Lewis will be returning to the ring again as well in August, fighting um, Olenek. So that's going to headline in August mm. 8th reveal. That'll be good. That'll be yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, I'm, you were the one that broke this news to me, but I'll go ahead and break it to everyone else if you haven't heard this. Amanda Nunes is legitimately considering retiring. Yeah. This is and crazy. I can't believe it. It makes sense, though. It does. I just don't believe it. But – you know, and what's crazy is we talked about this in the last episode. How we thought this for would sure. actually be good for the divisions, for be sure. good for her financially as well, because you know it gives her the time to them to build up some um, contenders for her, where she can maybe pop back out of retirement after a year or so. For sure, uh, her little problem is going to be Dana White has one on record and said, "I will kill her if she retires." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He said that, and he followed that up with saying. You know, if he's all about fighters retiring, if they think they should, except for when they're in her position. And again, it's just like what we talked about. She's at the peak in her career, just like Anderson Silva was, making divisions look thin. But I, I like Dana, I get it. You want her to keep fighting to make her legacy. But at this point, no. I guess for her legacy, it's going to be great. But financially, I can't see it being that good for her. Yeah. These fights. No, it's definitely just crazy that you and I got into this the other day, you know. I, I mean, it is true though i do agree with you as well it could almost it could honestly be the best thing to happen for the whole women's division now there are the article i just read though stating all the facts about this said though that dana white was literally yelling at the matchmakers and his people to go find some women to make this division great for amanda nunes so you know there there's something there too maybe they were going to bring in some new talent we can only hope but we'll have to see what happens with that yeah, it's but see, the, it's, it's hard, right? Because I've got to pay more attention to the Invicta Fighting Championships because that's yeah. really where they pull all their talent from. Yeah, Hopefully they sure. have some young young up-and-comers there that they can just snag and bring up through the ranks quickly for her. Yeah. And then last but not least for you guys, what I liked here, I read this article this morning, made me happy because I did kind of panic for a second. <laughs> um, so as we all know, UFC 251 is going to be on Yaz Island off of Abu Dhabi. Now, I was thinking, making me think of something this morning. Wait, that means that the fight card is going to be completely off and the timing of when it starts is not going to be early afternoon for us here in Hawaii, late at night for you, usually nighttime-ish for you folks in the mainland. It could possibly be early in the morning for us, early in the afternoon for you guys. Now, luckily, because the fact that there's going to be no fans, they are actually going to tailor the time of this pay-per-view for us as the Americans, as our normal start times. So, but what that means though, we have to pay close attention to this. This is going to be a rough thing for the fighters. They're saying that the first, 100%. yes, the first prelims are going to be starting at about 2 a.m. is when the first fighters are going to be coming out at their time. The main card, the first main events are, that are going to be popping up is going to start at 6 a.m their time so that means really when these three three title matches start it's probably legitimately probably going to be eight or nine in the morning there at, at, at fight island 
which is going to be a completely different time than these fighters are used to fighting, obviously. Well, it'll be used to the time. The whole thing is Training. now they're just going to have to be when they, because obviously they're going to fly the best, the top guys are going to fly in a week or two or more in advance, you know, to, to recover from the, um, from their long flights and then also to adjust themselves to the, you know, the climate. Yeah, from time. Yeah, yeah, but now that's the thing is like, how are they going to really get their biological clock? Cause if they, they have to literally adjust themselves that that time in the morning is going to be midday for them. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's going to be tricky for those fighters. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I honestly, I hate to be an early prelim at 2 a.m. I mean, oh, at, yeah. least, at least the main guys will kind of get a night's sleep. They'll probably have to wake up. I'm sure around five or so, you know, to get ready to go, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. But oh, it is good news for us because I was honestly like, you know, our little parties are like, that. I was like, oh man, it's going to be early morning. That's going to be kind of a bummer. <laughs> but it's not. So we're good. Yeah. Well, then now <laughs> this just brings up um, what you said on that one fight card on a Wednesday is, man, expect a lot me. of things. Like, you know, yep. you're going to see some things, some people win that you wouldn't have thought would win for sure. Yep. We'll have to break that down when we get there. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I got for news, guys. We can, uh, let's jump into the fight card now. All right, we'll get off, get right to it then. Uh, we have Jim Miller, 31 and 14 with one no contest. They're going to be fighting at a catch weight. I'm not exactly sure what the weight is going to be for this one versus Roosevelt Roberts, 10 and 1, coming off of a 20-day layoff. So he's just a quick turnaround fight for him. Roosevelt Roberts is 26 years old. Jim Miller coming at 36. Nick had some things he talked to me early when he first started watching and breaking down these fights. So I'm going to let him start off. Well, First, I'll start out with this little fun fact for, for you kiddos. This fight with Jim Miller will have him tying the record with Donald Cerrone for, for all time most UFC fights. Believe that or not. I know Wait, that's kind mo- of crazy. In, a, in the shortest period of time or something? Uh, just in general for the amount of Oh, Jim Miller. Oh, Jim yes. Miller. Sorry, pardon. Yeah, Jim Miller, not Roberts. So, yeah, that's kind of a crazy one. Yeah, I mean, as we just talked about, I – when you look at stats, the problem I have here is fighters on a quick turnaround usually don't do as well as we hope they would for whatever reason. I don't know if it's maybe cutting weight two times in a row. Now I don't, yeah, like you said, it's this catch weight fight, so I'm not really sure where we're going to be at. But, you know, there's still going to be some weight cutting issues. I have to believe that. I mean, staying in shape for that long, it does something to your body. It has to. I'm going to go with Jim Miller here because of that. Usually I like the younger guy in the fight as we all do but you know jim miller is no he's no little old man for sure i mean he's put on a show still for us for many years and to be honest with you i'm not that impressed with roberts he only beat he beat broke weaver not that that's anyone to really talk that much shit about but you know that's where i'm at on it plus i like it jim miller's an underdog in this fight i'm liking that a lot yeah right now let me just look up the odds for you really quickly i have it right here Uh, yeah, it's going to be plus 180 for Jim Miller. So there you go. Underdog. Yeah. Um, well, how I feel about the fight, you know, Nick made some great points. It is a really quick turnaround. And I have to agree with Nick. When we were just looking really quickly at fighters who had recently turned around and had short fights, very few of them were coming out on top. Uh, it does make me really hesitant. This made this pick for me so much harder. Just to go into Jim Miller a little bit. Man, I've, I've been watching that guy forever. He is just a beast. He's been, a you know, one of the premier gatekeepers of that division. 
interesting fact. I didn't know this. I guess a few years back, he found out he had Lyme's disease. Um, it's something you live with for your whole life. So, he, But he has been taking the proper medication. He knows what supplements and everything he needs to take to be at his best. But I have to say something I've noticed with Jim is he's really a one, the first round fighter now. It's yeah. He's going for it for the first round. He's trying to finish you in that first round. And another thing is, man, in his last 10 fights, he's only won one decision. And he, so five of them have gone to decision. He's only won one of them. And it was the literally the last one. It's just crazy that something like that is just so consistent. And you have a guy like Roosevelt Roberts, so young, 10 and one. And then he's won three of his last five decision fights. This guy usually does go the distance and he's great at staying on the outside, picking you apart. And that's why I'm going to pick him to win this fight. I am a little hesitant, but I feel relatively um, confident, but if you want to make a safe wager, which I was telling Nick is pick the under and then parlay Roosevelt Roberts and the over or Roosevelt Roberts by decision, you'll win money either way. All right. Next up. Yeah. Next up we have uh, Bilal Muhammad 16 and three versus Lyman good 21 and five with one, no contest. They're fighting at the welterweight division. Uh, Bilal is 31 years old. Lyman Good is going to be 35. Mm. Um, I'll just start this one off. I like Bilal Muhammad in this fight. Lyman Good, he's a good fighter. Uh, he's mostly just a knockout artist. Solid boxing. Does use kicks here and there, but he really he's just looking for that one-punch knockout. He's not trying to point fight you or anything like that. Whereas Bilal Muhammad, he's like a really pressure fighter. He likes to get right in your face. He's constantly trying to take you down. The guy has heart, man. It is just ridiculous. You see him get dropped, and he doesn't care. He gets back up. He just keeps going for the takedown. You stuff him. You punch him in the face. He's bleeding from his face. He doesn't care. He's just going for it nonstop. And honestly, the longer the fight goes, the better he gets. And that's why I'm picking Bilal Muhammad. Excellent. Well, I'm going with good. This is a pick em fight, guys. But I'll tell you my reasonings. And this is something you probably don't even aren't aware of, Ty. Um, good went on today. His father recently died, put on it on today. He's going and fighting out there for his father. That's better reason than any. I also looked at his stats, watched some of his fights. That guy's got the best takedown defense around, man. I don't think Muhammad's going to be able to take him down. I think that's going to be a problem. That's where I got, man. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I, this is it. Out of all the fights, this is probably my least favorite one to pick. Like Nick said, this is a pick em. I'm personally not going to be betting on this fight. Because one thing about Bilal Muhammad um, that I did notice is that he does tend to get rocked more often than I would like. And you're talking about a power striker. Um, so don't get me wrong. Good could win. But if he doesn't win in the first round, he's probably not going to win this fight. Because he, uh -huh. he is one of those guys, he starts real strong in the beginning. But he you just see he slowly tapers down and he's gets worse as the fight gets goes longer. Whereas Bilal, like I said, he starts to gain momentum the longer the fight goes. What are the odds on that fight? Uh, Bilal Muhammad is a slight favorite. Uh, I believe it's minus 140. Where is that? Right there. Yeah. Minus 130 and Lyman Good is even money. Yeah. So slight right. favorite. So basically it's a pick on that is what basically what we're telling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And then Next my up. least favorite fight of the night, and it's not because it's a woman's <laughs> fight, it's just watching the tape on these two. But it's yeah. Raquel Pennington, 10 and 8, versus uh, Marion R- Renault, uh, 9, 5, and 1. She's going to be 40. Th- here's a fun fact she's going to be 43 on the day of the fight. It's her fucking birthday. Yeah. And Raquel Pennington's going to be 31. Nick, well, why don't you take it? She's going to get her ass kicked on her birthday. I, I think um, they're feeding Pennington here a quick little, little match. Personally, I mean, she has the age advantage alone. She's 31 years old. Renal has lost her last two fights. One of those was a loss to Zingano, who, let's be honest, is also at the end of her rope going to Bellator. I, I didn't see much there, Amanda, to, to make me want to think that she could pull this off, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, watching the two of them, the thing about Raquel Pennington is – she has fought the best women's fighters. Right. You know, she's fought Holly Holm, Dream Durandamy, Jessica Andrade. You know, the list goes on and on. And she she has she's this she's very well rounded. She's good at everything, but she's great at nothing. <laughs> um, I hate to put it like that. She's just she's solid everywhere, but there's no spot where you're like, oh my God, she's so deadly with, you know in yeah, a particular no, aspect sure. of the game where we know at least she's a, she's a legitimate Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She's tapped. She's decent off of her back. She's not great. She does have a solid triangle choke, but you know, I think people are wise to it and they know to avoid it and they train to defend it. And so she doesn't catch it as much as she liked. She is um, trained under Rafael Cordero, great Muay Thai specialist. So her striking is, is very good. I would give um, Moran the, the speed advantage, but the power advantage to Raquel Pennington. But it's the same thing as like I was talking about with good. Renault definitely fades in the later rounds where Pennington, she does start to get more momentum the longer the fight goes and the more comfortable she is in the cage. Uh, I'm picking Pennington also to win this fight. All right. We finally got an agreement tonight. There yeah. we go. <laughs> All right. um, and then in the featherweights, we've Go got me. Josh Emmett. 15 and 2 versus Shane Burgess, 13 and 1. This is my pick for possible fight of the night again. Ooh. Right here. Uh, I'm going to just go right into this. You got Josh Emmett fighting out from Team Alpha Male. He's Uriah Faber has been talking this guy up forever. They think very highly of him. He is just an explosive knockout artist who just wants to fuck people up. And he has serious speed, man. But the thing is, you see he's throwing everything into every shot. Whereas the Shane Burgess kid, he's much more technical. He's got good head movement in the pocket. He's he's 5'11", where uh, Josh Emmett is 5'6". He's good at using his range. But sometimes, man, when he's, fight, when he's fighting up close, he's got no problem. Man, he's throwing those hooks. He looks sharp, likes to throw those three, four punch combos. But the one thing I do have an issue with him is his chin. It's... I've seen him get dropped from guys with less power. And with Emmett, he can knock you out in the first round or he could knock you out in the third round. His pace does not change. And I think that's just ultimately going to be the factor here is the power of Josh Emmett. He's going to drop, rock him. He might not knock him out, but he's going to rock him at least two, three times in this fight and win win, in the, win by decision. Worst case scenario. Okay, well, we'll see. I'm going with Burgos on this one. <laughs> you know, I like him. He's on a two-fight win streak. One of those being he just beat Cub Swanson. Got to give that guy. You know, that dude's a tough mofo. 
I know he's not the same Cub Swanson as we talked about with Duho Choi. I believe that we were talking about one of those, so it says haven't been the same. But, I mean, there's something there. Can't really go against that. As well as the fact I saw what I know what you were seeing, but Burgos just has a bigger reach. I think he might, oh, be, able to keep, he might be able to keep him at bay. And uh, the other thing that you said you'd like, which I kind of actually backpedal a little bit, was the fact that he does change with your eye out. I don't know if I am a firm believer in that camp, to be honest with you. You know, um, yeah, Cub Swanson comes out of there. But, I mean, let's be real. Cubs, like, we're talking about Cub having to make a comeback after going on a bad losing streak. So, I, I just don't know if I feel that confident in that fight camp. I know what everyone can – you guys talk all the shit you want. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. I just go with the facts and what I see. For that reason, you know, Shane Burgos. Hey, look, he's not a bad kid to pick in this fight. Honestly, the kid is talented. He has a very bright future ahead of him either way. But like I said, dude, those knockouts of Michael Johnson, Ricardo Lamas, they went stiff. They don't, it's not like he has a follow-up shot he needs. They go to sleep, and they're just yeah. a straight brick. And then he drops Mersad with just a straight jab. That's the kind of power this guy has in his hands. He doesn't have to wing punches. He just has that natural gift of, I have cement blocks in my hands, yeah. and I can put any person to sleep. No, he definitely got the power. I, I saw that, too. What are the yeah, odds well, on this fight? Uh, Emmett is a plus 130, I believe oh, it is. okay. So Vegas or is plus the way 110. I see it. Plus 110, Shane Burgos, minus 140. Okay. But the other thing I, I, I want to say, I almost forgot to say, is Josh Emmett does have a wrestling background. So that gives him a, an advantage in the sense of if Shane does start to pick him apart on the outside, he has more tools to take him out of his element. You know, Got shoot it. for a takedown, score some points. All right. Well, we'll have to see what happens there too then. Yeah. Last but not least. Yeah, the main event, main Curtis Blade, 13-2 and two with one no contest. Heavyweight division versus Alexander Volkov, 31-7. and seven. Um, Blades is going to be 29 years old, Volkov 31. Nick, how do you feel about this? I'm going with Blades for this reason. I am never, ever going to forgive this motherfucking Volkov. How dare you get knocked out with 10 seconds left against Derek Lewis when you had that fight in the bag? That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I lost big money that night. I love Derek Lewis. Sorry, Lewis. I had to bet against you that night because I saw that this kid had it. But my God, when you did that, I could not believe it. Talk about a, the beginning of being upset that night, of course, right before the Conor McGregor fight. But <laughs> Jesus, for that reason, letting the emotions get the best of me, I can't go with Volkov. Guys, you know I hate picking heavyweight fights, but I am all in on a Blades train. Very nice, very nice. Um, I'm going with Nick on this one. I'm picking Curtis Blades. Uh, there's some very specific reasons why. Watching Alexander Volkov versus Fabricio Verdum and how easily he was taken down. If you're going to let – and let me tell you, this is not a prime Fabricio Verdum. He did not look like he was in the best shape of his life by any stretch of the imagination. And he took you down at will. And he just did that. Yes, he's a very good technical striker. I'm going to – tell you all the good things about Volkov. He stays on the outside. He picks you apart. He's an intelligent fighter. He's very good at minimizing the risks he takes, minus the Derek Lewis fight. But the good thing about that was, in his turnaround fight, um, he did a great job of staying on the outside, 
picking Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy apart and not putting himself in any dangerous positions to lose that fight. You know, just scored the points he needed, won, and that's what you want to see after coming off a knockout loss with such a big mistake that Nick's talking about. But then you talk about Curtis Blades, man. This guy is a wrestling machine. He will just – he's an absolute savage. He's He's going to put a clinic on. The only guy he's ever lost to is Francis Ninganu twice. But Jesus Christ, almost anybody's (laughs) going to lose to that guy. So I'm not really depressed about it. And on top of that, Curtis Blades held his own against Junior Dos Santos on the feet and knocked him out. That's got to say something. So I just see that Curtis Blades is evolving more, developing more as a fighter, and he's going to bring more tools and weapons to this fight. And it should be an easy night of work for Curtis Blades. And lock of the week right there. I know he's a heavy favorite, but I'm sorry, but that's an easy pick. I'm going with that as well. (laughs) All right. So, guys, we'll see what happens here Saturday night. Uh, We'll be back with you guys hopefully on – probably on Saturday night, I would think, possibly, right? If not Saturday night, we'll we'll get a – little recap show for you guys done on sunday go over the picks and whatnot but i can tell you this guys once we get over this little hump not that this is a bad card or anything boy oh boy i cannot wait for the next two fight cards we're gonna get a little little sweet treat i believe is what i'll call it the couple weekends before the real deal but next week we got dustin poirier versus dan hooker oh, oh baby, baby. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> oh, man. Let's watch that, these boys dance. We got that Mike Perry fight versus Gall. That's going to be an excellent fight as well. So, yeah, some good, exciting things to come. And then after that, we got UFC 251, of course, which will be the highlight of everyone's month, hopefully. Give us something to get away from reality with for a second. So, anyways, yeah. hey, guys, thank you so much for listening once again. Hopefully, we win you guys some money. We'll see yep. who does well. Um, and please remember, just hit the like, subscribe, comment, follow us on Instagram. Yeah. You know, and remember, always talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. Yep. That's the number one rule. Let us know what you guys think of the new intro, too, and the comments. I'm sure you guys are going to love the shit out of that. I <laughs> Definitely. <do. laughs> All right, guys. Good night. Peace out. We'll see you guys back in a couple days. Yeah. Till next time. Shoots.